0: Serve a risen Savior. Amen. Amen. Let's just go to Him in prayer. Father, we just come to you, Lord, tonight, just asking that you would speak to our hearts, Lord. You would touch us by your grace and mercy. Lord, there's no doubt needs in our bodies, needs in our spirits, Lord, and God around us, Lord. We just have a need of you, Lord. We just need a touch from you, Father. We're asking that the healer would just sweep to this place, Lord, and touch bodies and hearts and lives, we pray. Lord, we commit this service to you and all that's said and done in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Turn to 1 Timothy 6 and also Hebrews 11. Amen. I would also like to add my voice of thanks to each and every one of you that has supported us during this difficult time. Seem seemed like uh, we've heard from literally seemingly thousands around the world, and the outpouring of love has meant a lot to us, and it's, every prayer matters. Amen. When you're going through things in your life, every prayer matters, and we're sure, sure thankful for that. Amen. But it's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. We got the young people that's going to be leaving this evening, and We'll be following up tomorrow morning. Me and Sister Ruth will be getting on a plane about six something in the morning. So, to be up there and with Brother Andrew Spencer. So, just be in prayer for these meetings that the Lord had just come down in a special way. Amen. I believe he does that still. Yes, Amen. And I believe he still answers prayers and he still saves. And I believe I know we got some young people that need a real touch from God. And I need a touch from him. Every one of us do, amen, every day of our lives. So we're just looking unto him, amen, for these meetings. 1 Timothy 6 and verse 12 says, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called. Oh, my, aren't you glad to be called to eternal life? And has professed a good profession before many witnesses. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says, Now faith... Is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which, which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Amen. We'll let you be seated. I actually was looking at this thought some months ago and just kind of had it laying there, Lord willing, we'll pick up again on Jesus Christ the same, but tonight I, I just felt in my heart that this was a good place to stand tonight as we're coming past the time that we've been in, and, and I, I, want to, I want you to understand and the world to understand that we're still fighting the good fight of faith. Amen. Our faith is not wavering, our faith is not down, our faith is not defeated, but our faith is still in the word of God. You know, Brother Brandon would talk about the good fight of faith, and he would talk about the Christian walk, and he says, remember, we're not on a picnic, we're in a battlefield. He said, many people just think that when you become a Christian, that's all that they need to do, and that settles it forever, and they are a Christian, and everything's going to come easy. He said, don't ever get that in your head. He said, for I become, for I become a Christian to fight. Amen. To fight the good fight of faith. i become a Christian to get in the battle lines. We're Christian soldiers. We, we have been trained. We've been brought up to know all the techniques of the enemy, to know how to fortify, to know how to fight the fight. We can only do what the Holy Spirit has revealed unto us we cannot take something somebody uh, you know if our nation goes to war they're not to take some other nation's idea or somebody else's opinion but he said just as that we're, we're only to take the holy spirit and how he would direct us what ideas he would give us because he is the commanding chief of the army of the christians amen but i say we are in a battle but it will be worth it all Amen. We are in a war, but it'll be worth every fight. It'll be worth every mile. It'll be worth everything that we ever go through in life's journey when we get over onto the other side. Amen. You know, I, this just this week, brother George and brother Tim would take me and brother George and brother Tim Winters would take me and brother Tim, my dad, to uh, Colorado, and you know we'd see some pretty country and. And, and go into some very, to me, it felt very uh, scary situations as we would, I, you know, I'm from the lowlands, so I'm not used to a whole lot of heights. And we'd go up on a place, you know, up in the Rocky Mountain National Por- Park, and then also to Pikes Peak and 14,000 feet, and there was a lot of scary highways. You know, and we'd give Brother Tim a hard time about driving and be, keep your eyes on the road, you know, don't, you don't, you don't have to look, we'll look for you. Because, you know, in those places, there would be some hairpin turns. There would be some uh, very dangerous, seemingly, you know, I, I don't really understand. They would build these, mount- these roads on the side of the mountain, and there's no guardrail, and you'd, I'm riding, I'm looking straight down this mountain, and the road is right on the edge of the mountain. It seems like just the wrong turn, you'll fall off. And, you know, many times, that's like our journey in life. It's a fight to get up the hill. It's a fight to get to where we're going. But I'll say it'll be worth the view. Amen. When we get to that last mile and we get to that last turn, which I believe with all my heart, we're very close to that last turn or that last place. Amen. But we're, it's, it's a struggle many times and, and, and anxieties and fears tries to set in because you see all the dangers that are around you. But it's not our eyes is not to get on, our, on the dangers. Our, eye, our, our goal is for our eyes to get on the goal amen, to where we're going. Somebody would say it like this. It says, the lives of the heroes of faith in Hebrews 11 had their share of hairpin turns and humdrum situations and dangerous situations, but they pressed on and they did not turn back. Their destination, heaven. Our destination is not Pikes Peak or the Rocky Mountain National Park. I mean, that's a beautiful place here on earth, but we got something even more grand than that something more greater than that's ever been. Amen. Our destination is heaven, a city which has foundations whose builder and maker is God. Amen. And I'm here to say again, it'll be worth every battle. It'll be worth every scar. It'll be worth every tear. It'll be worth every struggle. It'll be worth every persecution. It'll be worth every kind of thing, every temptation that's ever come against us. It will be worth it all. Paul would say it like this. He said, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us amen if we would realize what is at the end there would be no thoughts of giving up there would be no thoughts of turning around if we realize what is right before us we would press with everything that we have Amen. You know, and, and Brother Brown would bring it down to the end, and as he said, we well, would get to that table, and he said, we would look across and say, God bless you, Brother My He said, we'll have a little cry, maybe. Don't you believe so? We'll just cry a little bit for joy as we sit there at that table. And then at the head of the table will come our king in his majesty. He will walk down among us. He'll put his arms around us. He'll say, you suffered much. You went through much for me, but he'll take that hand and he'll wipe every tear away from our eyes. And he'll say, now don't cry anymore, it's all over. It's all over. He said, that's why we're here, isn't it? Won't it be wonderful to feel that arm come around you and say, don't cry no more, enter into the joys of the Lord. You fought the good fight. You fought the good fight. He said, so while we are here and we've got this opportunity, let's make it a good fight. Oh, hallelujah. Let's make it a real fight. Let's put everything that we have into it. Just like the old uh, the, uh, patriarchs of old, let's give everything we got, our last breath, our last hope, our last everything, our last bit of energy, our last bit of, uh, of mental strength, everything that we got because we know there's something very great ahead of us. Amen. We know that it's not just a pipe uh, uh, you know, pipe dreams and air castles that we're talking about, but there's something real, more real than what we're sitting here experiencing, more real than the things that we are seeing every day. There's a land beyond the river, and it's worth going to. It's worth fighting for. Amen. If you are a red blooded American male, uh, your blood on the inside of you will get to boiling over a land that you've lived in, you was born in, and you want to fight and defend it, how much more should a Christian have a fighting them? To know there's a land that don't have uh, the things that we're going through and the, and the sin and the unbelief and the worry and the fear. There's a land beyond all of that, and it's worth fighting for.
1: It's worth fighting to get there. Yes, right. You say, well, I, I don't want
0: to fight. Well, let me tell you something. You will fight your way to hell. Yes, that's right. It's a fight no matter what. Amen. Hebrews 11, as we go through these uh, very quickly, by faith, Abel offered unto God. It was a, by faith, Enoch. It was a fight of faith. Listen, Enoch's walk was not an easy walk. It was in a time even similar to what we're living in. Sin was abounding. It was worse than it's ever been. As, as Noah was coming, it was a flood. As a flood was at the very gates of the earth, and it was about to overtake the earth. And, but yet Enoch, by faith, amen, by faith was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God translated him. Because before his translation, he had this testimony, he pleased God. And he had a fight to do that. He had a fight to fight to take a stand. He had to stand against all kinds of things that was there upon the, upon the earth, amen, and the sins and the, and you know, why would Jesus say, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be. Right. Amen, homosexuality and perversion and everything. He had to fight through it. Yeah. Listen, he had to fight to turn his head. Right. He had
1: to fight amen, to to push day after day, amen,
0: but when it was worth it all because one day he went for a walk and he never returned. Amen. There's a bride that's the same as Enig
1: was that's now standing upon the earth and they're fighting every step. They're fighting and they're fighting. On Wednesday night, they're fighting. On Monday, they're fighting. On on Sunday, they're fighting. Every day, every hour, we're fighting. But one day, we're going to take a walk and we're not coming back. Hallelujah. And we're going to walk. Above every sin, above every doubt, above every worry, and anxiety, and mind battle, and every spirit of hell that's trying to hold you, it's going to be broke loose one of these days. And this old body's going to
0: change, just like any change. But you're going to have to fight to get there. I mean, we can't... uh, we can't expect if our brothers had to fight that we're going to go on some flowery bed of ease and we're going to have a wonderful time in Laodicea and this is going to be so easy and there's not going to be no mind battles. There's not going to be no spirits to haunt at you. There's not going to be no anxiety and no this or that and the other. No, no. We got to fight. Yes, sir. Yeah. You got to fight to get something out of service. Yes, sir. Right. Right. Amen. Because there's, so, there's clouds that's trying to push over you and you got to fight through them. He says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he's the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, think about that man's fight. To build something, a boat, uh, to to come against something that had never happened before. To stand there as a memorial that a flood is coming. But we got a boat. Well, God said build a certain boat. Well, won't our boat work? No, he said, you got to do it this way. He had to fight. He had had been given a blueprint, and he had to fight to stay there on that line that God had drawn for him. He had to do everything he could to push aside somebody else's idea how a boat ought to be built, and how it ought to be done, and how this ought to take place. He had to fight past all of that. Listen, we got to fight past intellectual ideas. We got to fight
1: beyond people's ideals of what the Holy Ghost is and how it acts and how it ought to be, how a service ought to be. We got to fight past all of that.
0: We got to fight by, past all of the critics, all their naysaying. And Manoah had it. And every day, nobody, no doubt, somebody come up there and made fun of him, mocked him. And right, right. If they had YouTube, they had YouTube videos about him. Every day sure. yeah. of how that, you know, their, their services are better than the camp services and how they, they can do it better. Our boat's better than your boat. <laughs> Our services do better things than your services do. And, you know, and they, these critics want to point to every mistake and every problem and everything. You know, they want to point to those that came to camp and they shouted and they came back and they wasn't changed. Oh. But why don't we start pointing to those who was changed? Hey, why, don't, why don't we start pointing to those that that, that have went went to, went to those places and and they experience that same shouting, they experience that same emotion, they experience that same movement of the Holy Ghost, and their lives have never been the same. Just talk to Brother David and Brother Matthew McGarry of their experience at camp and how they said they got in their presence and their lives have never been this. What about them? What about Andrew Glover that was born, filled with the Holy Ghost at a camp meeting? What about him?
1: And that's just a few. Uh, there's thousands of them that have been in those places and changed forever.
0: But Noah, being warned of God of things not yet seen, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house by the which he condemned the world and became the heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Amen. Amen. Noah had to fight to save his family. Yeah. Yeah. What's wrong with our fathers who won't fight to save their families? won't do something when their daughters are wearing things they shouldn't wear, doing things they shouldn't do, and their sons are doing. Why won't
1: you fight for them? Yes. It's a good fight of faith. It will be worth it all. Amen.
0: By faith, Abraham, when he's called to go out into a place which he should have to receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out, not knowing whether he went, By faith he sojourned in the land of a promise as in a strange country dwelling in the tabernacles of Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed. She had to fight to get there. She had to fight past her moodiness. She had to fight past her
1: her attitude. She had to fight past her old age. She had to fight past it
0: all to receive the promise. But it was worth it. Amen. Because she judged and was delivered of a child when she was past age. Because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang there even of one of him as good as dead. So many as the stars of the sky and multitude. And as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. These all died in faith. Not having received the promise but having seen them afar off. And were persuaded of them. And embraced them. And confessed them that were strangers and pilgrims on the earth for they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. For they that
1: have this fight are saying, I'm seeking a better place. I'm not comfortable
0: living here no more. This is not where I belong. I belong in another land. I mean, think about it. Drop one of y'all off on a third world country somewhere in Haiti right now and see how you'll fight, or Afghanistan, for goodness sake, and see how you'll fight. There's men were willing, some of them willing to fight to grab onto an airplane to get somewhere else. We got to have that same tenacity. I'll do whatever it takes. I'll do whatever it takes. I'm going to go on with Jesus. If this one don't
1: go, it ain't going to hinder me. If that one don't go, I'm still going on. It don't matter who falls to the right, who falls to the left. I'm going to go on with Jesus. That's right. Thank you.
0: For now, and truly, if they had been mindful of that country from which they come out, they might have had opportunity to return. In other words, if everything was in their mind, what they left, they would have turned back. But they had to fight to put that out of their mind. Right. Dathan and Korah couldn't do that fight. All those that follow them, they died because they could not put Egypt out of their mind, out of their hearts, out of their thinking, out of their desires. Out of Listen, we're called to be a separated people. But we're seeing some of them among us still has a desire for Laodicea. Has it, you say, how do you know? Because you can see it on your outward appearance. That your heart is still towards Laodicea. Amen. Just like Lot's wife, she was looking towards Sodom. She looked towards it before she got there. But her desires and things, she started looking and desired. And no doubt, Sodom started m- moving on her and, 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 and started on her outward appearance and things and her thoughts and all that kind of stuff. Why? She couldn't put it out of her mind. Amen.
1: She couldn't get it out of her heart. Right.
0: Right. You got to fight. Yeah, that's right. But now they desired a better country. Oh, my. THAT IS A HEAVENLY COUNTRY. WHEREFORE GOD IS NOT ASHAMED TO BE CALLED THEIR GOD, FOR HE HATH PREPARED FOR THEM A CITY. OH, HALLELUJAH. FOR BY FAITH ABRAHAM WHEN HE WAS TRIED OFFERED UP ISAAC, That he received the promise, offered up his only begotten son, who is said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence he also received him in figure. By faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith Jacob, when he was dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshipped leaning on the top of the staff. By faith Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. By faith Moses, Amen. All uh, he had to fight. All the way down, they had to fight through the Red Sea. They had to fight through the walls of Jericho. They had to, Rahab had to fight. And what shall we say more? As time would fail to tell of Gideon and Barak and of Samson and Jephthah and David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith subdued, subdued kingdoms. This is what we're being
1: brought here for, to tear Satan's kingdom down to subdue it,
0: to bring it powerless. You say, Satan's kingdom is becoming powerless? Yes, it is in a people. Oh, sure, he's got power out there in Laodicea, but in a people, he's lost power
1: because their heart's not on his kingdom. Their heart's on the heavenly land. They're looking for a heavenly place, and they're fighting towards it. And if I gotta put my foot on that devil, so be it. And if I gotta put my foot on that one, so be it. I'm gonna overcome every one of them and push towards heaven as hard as I can go.
0: Subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, QUENCHED THE VIOLENCE OF FIRE, ESCAPED THE EDGE OF THE SWORD, OUT OF WEAKNESSES WERE MADE STRONG, WAXED VIOLENT, VALIANT IN WHAT? Fight. FIGHT. TURNED TO FLIGHT THE ARMIES OF ALIENS. WOMEN'S RECEIVED THEIR DEAD RAISED to LIFE AGAIN. OTHERS WERE TORTURED, NOT ACCEPTING DELIVERANCE, THAT THEY MIGHT OBTAIN A BETTER re- RESURRECTION. Others had trials of cruel mockings and scourgings, moreover of bonds and imprisonments. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, they were tempted, they were slain with a sword. They wandered about in sheepskin and goatskins being destitute, afflicted and tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise, God having provided something better, some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. But wherefore, seeing we're also compassed about with
1: so great a cloud of fighters that have said, I've done it, you can do it. I fought him, you can fight him. I overcome him, you can overcome him. I slay Goliath, you can slay Goliath. Oh, hallelujah. I took the lion by the throat and I cut his neck off, you can do it. I've witnessed the healing, the power of God. You can witness the healing power of God. I've witnessed the overcoming power of God that changed my life from a sinner to a son or daughter of God. Therefore, you can have that as well. I received a child
0: though I was dead. You can do it as well. It's a cloud of fighters, of witnesses, saying now you need, what you need to do is lay aside every weight. Lay aside the sin that was so easily beset you and run with patience the race that's set before you, yeah. looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, Amen. who for joy has, that was, was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. As I stood there at my mother's bedside, they, was t- they told us she was going to be taking her last breaths. I grabbed her by the hand. I didn't know. I, was, I didn't know if she could still hear me or not. Didn't matter. Felt like maybe she could because they said that's the last thing that leaves is the hearing. I said, Mama, you get over on the other side. You tell them we're coming. You tell them, we're not stopping preaching the full gospel of Christ. We're not stopping to preach faith.
1: I'm not gonna back up. I'm not gonna turn around. I'm not gonna give up and say it ain't so. I know it's so. I saw the resurrection power work in her life. I know he's a God who heals. I know he's a God who saves. Hallelujah. Amen, there's a cloud of witnesses saying, come on, you can make it. What are you gonna say to them? I'm coming. I'm not turning around. I'm not backing up. I'm not giving in. I'm going on with everything that I got. Amen.
0: to fight the good fight of faith, it means to remain true to God, to remain true to his word, even in the face of opposition. Oh, it's very easy to remain true when all things are just fine and dead handy. But well, what about in the face of opposition, children at school? Yeah. Why are you wearing a dress? Why is your hair so long? Why do you look like that? You all look like an old fogey. Oppression. To remain true to God and his word in the middle of oppo- opposition and oppression and adversity. It means to have an unwavering allegiance to the cause of Christ in the middle of hostilities, both internal and external. Hello, somebody. Fighting the good fight of faith means to have a firm determination. I'm going to pursue righteousness. I'm going to pursue godliness. I'm going to have faith and love and perseverance and gentleness at all times and in all situations. Wow. According to 1 Timothy 6, 12, it says to fight the good fight of faith also means that you will, by the grace of God, practice the spiritual disciplines of desire, patience, endurance, perseverance for an imperishable crown of righteousness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold on eternal life. And we're so quick to take hold of all kinds of stuff. What about eternal life? We take hold of our feelings. We take hold of our pride. We take hold of our arrogance. We take hold of our, you know, it's my world. We take, what about eternal life? Life. Take hold on eternal life. To which you are called, about which you are made the good profession in the presence of many witnesses. You know, Paul would write this to Timothy. I've done some study. This is some of the history of it. He would write this to Timothy from a Roman prison. And Timothy was a young man in charge Of the Church of Ephesus, and I'll be honest with you, my name's Timothy, so the book of Timothy is very important to me. Matter of fact, when I went overseas for the first time to Guyana, and uh, you know, just just barely into the ministry, and and, uh, went with Brother Danny Steeman and Brother Jackie Benton, and uh, we split up in the city there, Jamestown, I think the name of it is, and we all three on a Sunday went to three different churches and. I'd met this pastor at the airport when they picked us up. Didn't really know him, but just shook his hand. So I'm sitting in the back getting ready to come out. And I'm just sitting in the back of the audience back there waiting for him to call me up. And he says, he says you know, he says, Saints, we have a special treat. He said, we have Brother Timothy. Oh, Brother Timothy. Brother Timothy. He said, if you know what you're going to get this morning, go read the book of Timothy. Rebuke. Jason. Oh Lord, maybe I need to read the book of Timothy. (laughs) So I read the book of Timothy. He's a young man in charge of the church there at Ephesus. Ephesus was a prosperous Roman city. A strategic position of the city created a unique environment of trading to thrive. Many of the city's inhabitants were wealthy because the increased commercial activities in that busy port. A few wealthy individuals in the city had converted to Christianity, and among them were some who trusted in their wealth and not their God. And Paul would instruct Timothy to warn him, you need to fight the good fight of faith, and you need to instruct these new believers to not trust in uncertain riches, but trust in God. Ephesus was the headquarter, even also the headquarter of the fertility cult of Diana. Ephesus city boasted of having one of the most celebrated pagan temples in the ancient world. Sounds a lot like our day. The uh, the temple of Artemis was one of the world's seven wonders. These pagan influence and trappings were probably the reason why Paul warned Timothy to fight the good fight of faith, to keep guard, keep your guard up to keep that which had been committed to you, amen, to keep the Word of God near and dear to your heart. So from this background of the Ephesus church, you can start gleaning clues in chapter 6 and hints of what it meant to fight a good fight of faith. Based on 1 Timothy 6, you can go through this later, and you can see it all down through the scriptures as he would come down and he'd say, fight the good fight of faith. One would be, in 1 Timothy 6, and verse, the first couple of verses would be to maintain a godly character. Right. To fight the good fight of faith, to maintain a good godly character, no matter what the circumstances are, no matter who's around you. That's right. Oh, I got a godly character, but uh, yeah, well, that's in church, but what about when you're at school or work or what, Not behind the scenes, Amen. Paul urges faithfulness to God no matter if you found yourself a rich man or a slave. Right. He, he actually addresses both a rich man or a slave. You were to conduct yourself no matter what as a son or daughter of God. Put me in remembrance. Brother Brown, I'm talking about the slave, the son of a king. HOW HE CAME OVER HERE, YOU KNOW, AND he, he, HE HELD HIMSELF IN A DIFFERENT MANNER. HE ACTED A DIFFERENT WAY. HE, he DIDN'T LOOK LIKE A NORMAL SLAVE, AND THE MAN CAME TO BUY SOME, AND HE'S LIKE, what, WHAT'S THE DIFFERENCE? DO YOU FEED HIM DIFFERENT? Do you, DO YOU TREAT HIM DIFFERENT? AND HE SAID, NO, HE EATS WITH THE REST OF THEM he EATS. He, I TREAT HIM JUST LIKE EVERYBODY ELSE. HE SAID, WELL, WHAT MAKES THAT MAN DIFFERENT? HE SAID, WELL, I ACTUALLY WONDERED THAT MYSELF, BUT ONE DAY I FOUND OUT THAT MAN IS THE SON OF A KING OVER THERE IN AFRICA. And he said he presents himself or conducts himself as a son of a king. Come on, somebody. Amen. So it does not matter where you find yourself. Whether you got got 100 bucks in the bank or no bucks in the bank or a million bucks in the bank, you need to conduct yourself where you came from. As a son of a king, a daughter of a king. It doesn't matter if he was in his father's kingdom or if he was a slave in a foreign land. He was going to maintain his position. I'm a son of a king. Come on, somebody. So it doesn't matter if you got a lot of money or no money or some money. That, ain't, that has no bearings on who you are. Right? It doesn't matter if you got a lot of land, no land, or you rent some land. It does not change who you are. Another one would be to reject false doctrines, to stand there and be well-rooted in the Word so that when you've seen these things come, he would instruct Timothy, if you want to fight the fight of faith, you maintain a godly character and you reject false doctrines. You don't play around with them. You reject them and you stand with the Word no matter how many comes. HE WOULD ALSO INSTRUCT HIM TO SEEK GODLINESS WITH CONTENTMENT. IT MEANS TO DRAW SATISFACTION BY LIVING A GODLY LIFE AS OPPOSED TO A WORLD FILLED WITH GOODS. OUR SATISFACTION IS NOT FROM GOODS. OUR JOY SHOULD NEVER BE FROM EARTHLY THINGS BECAUSE ALL OF IT'S GONNA JUST BURN. Only what's done for Christ will last. Amen. You know, I, I, I'll say it like this. What gives me joy or, or, or fondness or anything is not necessarily a picture of my mom or something that she used to have or anything like that. What gives me joy is to know where she's at. Amen. What gives me joy is to know I'm going to see her again. That's eternal. That's eternal. I was walking out my my door there, uh, off the patio, walking down to Dad's there. I think it was Friday morning of the of the weekend there, just talking to the Lord. And I just said, Mom, one of these days I'm going to see you walk down this road. You're not coming back in that old frail body as you was walking with a little stick, trying to gain st- strength as you'd walk. And she'd walk down to the mailbox, she'd stop as I was building that that patio and sit there and watch me and and talk and things and I said you're not coming back like that but you're coming back in a well body young body never to be like that again I would walk into dad's house and brother Andrew Spencer would hit me with a text and he'd say, I'm praying for you this morning he said I want to let you know one of these days your mama's going to come walking down that road Amen. mercy me I'm looking for that Matter of fact, I think every morning I'll have me a cup of coffee out there. Amen. Amen because I believe it's any day now. Amen. So we need to seek godliness with contentment. In other words, whatever state you find yourself, he, he, but Paul would say it like this. He said, uh, you know, he's lived, uh, Paul personally lived out his principle and his principle in his life. Despite the hostility and lack he experienced, he kept the faith. He said, in Philippians 4, he would say, I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of facing plenty. I've learned of facing hunger and abundance and need. I've faced it every way. He had the taste of both worlds. He knew firsthand abundance, and he knew what deprivation was. That's why he would say with confidence, godliness with contentment is gain. Another one he would struck would say no to the greed for riches. For though, He would say it there again, but those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people who are eager for money have wandered from the faith and pers- pierced themselves with many griefs. So how, he's, how is the money a root of all evil? It's the love of money. It's putting that above God. Well, I've got to have it to survive. Well, you'd never put it before God because God will help you survive when money can't. Hey, we got a scriptures for that. We got the woman. I got it here and, and, and be certain of God, the woman who was out there picking up her last couple of sticks and her last meal, and her last, she didn't have money. She would have, and if she'd have had money, she probably couldn't have bought anything. Listen, I don't know where we're going in this world, but it seems to be crashing pretty hard. And you can have all the money you want, and it's fine, fine how to do, but don't put your trust in it, because it can be gone in a flash. I don't know what all we're going to (laughs) face. As I said last year, People was talking about how bad year 2020 was, 2020. I'd say, what do you think? You think 2021 is going to be any better? And for me, it wasn't. Is 2022 going to be any better? I hope we can get past this pandemic. Listen, we're going down to destruction, this world is. We shouldn't be surprised. This world is being set up to be burned. With unquenchable fire. That sounds like destruction to the whatever degree. There's not going to be nothing left. As I said in 2020, the only thing that will make 2021 a better year is the rapture. And it can still happen. 2022 what 25 whatever we face the only thing that's going to make that a better year is the rapture and we better be prepared to leave here yes. and you better fight with everything you got to get on that boat I like I said before I that would have had to be, that would have had to been an army to keep me off the boat with Noah Cause I mean, cause I, Brother Bram talks about what you are here is what you'll be there, right. Amen. I, I tell you, if I would have been there and I saw those supernatural things happening, and all of a sudden out of the woods comes these animals walking two by two going into the ark, yeah, for sure. I'm in line, right. and ain't nobody keeping me off that boat. And that ought to be our attitude, saints. If nobody else goes, I'm going. If nobody else is going to make it, I'm going to make it. I'm going to. Fight with everything I got. I'm gonna lay aside every weight, every
1: sin that was so easily beset me. And run. Run! Listen, it's time to get yourself in high gear and push towards righteousness with all your heart. Push towards holiness with all your heart. Push towards a body
0: change with all your heart. Listen, the Bible and God, is not, God and the Bible is not against acquiring wealth. It's against putting your confidence in your wealth. It ain't against you being rich or you being wealthy or you being poor. There was all kind of those in the Bible. But it's against you depending on that instead of depending on God. There's plenty of examples of wealthy men through the Bible. Abraham was very wealthy. Isaac, Jacob, all those down there. Joseph was right there at the side of Pharaoh. Moses even had wealth at one time. And all the, I mean, think about it. Abraham was rich enough to feed about 318 battle-trained men, not counting women and children, daily from his table. Imagine how many sheep and goats and cattle they slaughtered. The fact that he could feed all of that proved he was a very wealthy man. But Abraham didn't put his confidence in his wealth. He put it in his God. Because no amount of money was going to produce a body change. The only thing that was going to produce a body change is having faith in an unlimited God. That God would produce and say, do exactly what he said he would do. Paul would say it like this. To those who would trust in their riches, flee from these things. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Another place, keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. Money will leave you. Money will forsake you. But he won't. Oh, hallelujah. I'm a testify. I can testify to that. He promised me he came down in the fire and he's been with us every step of the way. Hallelujah, he's never left us. Another one he would say is contest for the faith, defend the faith, fight for it. You know, this word contend was also a word that was actually used in different places as an athletic sense or in a race. It was to contend for the faith, to fight the good fight of faith, was to contend, to take hold, to, to give everything you got he would say it differently in other translations. He would say, run your best in the race of faith. Compete well in another translation. Strive earnestly. Another one would say, exert all your strength and energy. In other words, don't leave nothing reserved in the tank. Give everything you got. And this is what I would say to the young people as going to this camp you put everything you got into it. Every service, make it the best service. Make it the most important service. Say, God, I come here for one thing, and that's to get something from you. You're gonna have to fight for it. You have to fight through all the other oppressions and spirits and things for there to be the right
1: atmosphere. But if you'll fight and you'll hold on and you'll say, God, I'm here for you, he will respond to you. He will touch you. He will fill you
0: with the Holy Ghost. to fight. Paul would say it even portray himself in this as being spiritually uh, engaged or involved in a marathon as an athlete. He said, "So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beat in the air, but I dis- discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified or cast away." The language used by Paul is also is borrowed straight from athlete, uh, athletics. Paul draws parallels between an athlete, athlete's discipline and spiritual discipline. Amen. Athletes put their body through things. Why? The physical body, because they're fighting a the physical race or they're running a physical race, or they're, they're doing, fighting a physical fight. They're, they're training their body to take hits. They're training their body to push it just a little harder than somebody else. They're putting the right food. They're doing everything they can. Why? Because they want to win a little medal around their throat. Yeah. To have the prestige for a few years of winning a medal. Yeah. Right. Won a medal. Yeah. Great. But that's not what we're in this race for. We're not in this race to get on the other side and say, look what medal I won. It's not a corruptible medal that one day will be sold in an auction or found in a trash pit somewhere or hanging on a wall somewhere or some decoration. That's not what we're in this race for. We're in this
1: race and this fight, not for a temporary crown, but for a crown of eternal life. That's something worth fighting for.
0: That's worth something. That's something worth putting your energies into, your heart into, your life into, everything you got, and lay it all aside. So I got a goal in mind. My goal ain't a gold medal or bronze or silver. My goal is eternal life. Paul would talk about the athletes and the crown. As we said, aspiring athletes would exercise and strive against themselves and against other competitors to win the ultimate victor's prize. A crown made from the wreaths of garland leaves, worn on a victor's head. It's called a, a Stephanos crown. It was a symbolic of symbol of victory and exaltation in the athletic athletic world the fame and glory attached to it was enough motivation for athletes to endure hardships to endure intensive training for months to win a crown of leaves how I many picked flowers they don't last that long these men would put themselves through hardships you can take a vase of flowers and have it in maybe a couple weeks at best Put in the refrigerator, maybe keep it a little longer. These men would run. They would do They'd beat their bodies into subjection. They would put their hearts in it to put this little wreath of leaves around their head. And their chest would puff out for a few days. And you can hardly name one of them now if you can. But yet these other men... That were seeking a city whose builder and maker with God, you can still read their names. (laughs) Paul would say that the Christians are running a better race, have a better aim. It's the imperishable crown of righteousness. It's a better aim and a better race to make the Christian fight the good fight of faith with an aim, with a goal, with a keeping, a discipline to keep your faith alive, to keep holding on, to keep going when the going gets rough, to seem like you can't make another step, you make another step. Why? Because there's a goal in mind. It's called eternal life. I mean, I get amazed. Talking about goals, people get in line for days sometimes to get into a store on a Black Friday or some special, camp out, do all kinds of things, fight. Think about the fights we witnessed over toilet paper. Seriously, let's think about that a minute, just a minute. Over toilet paper, fight. And you mean I can't fight for what what I'm going to obtain? You mean I can't fight to have a spiritual service that my child can experience the same God I experienced in? You mean I can't fight that my children and my whole household can be saved and delivered and stand for righteousness and godliness and persevere through impossible situations? Yeah, I can fight. And we're going to fight. Man named... Benjamin Beckett would say it like this. He said, the Christian is not permitted to float leisurely down the stream of the world and so reach the haven where his soul would be. He must swim against the current, and he must swim for his very life. The faith which he professes with his lips, he must adorn with his life. The Christian life is a battle against principalities and powers and darkness. Your faith will be tested and tried. You will face stiff oppositions from the world and from people around you, troubles, trials, tribulations, temptations. Christ had this in mind when he said, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, but the violent taketh by force. Yeah, there's going to be violence. There's going to be fights against you, but there's going to be something on the inside of you. When the going gets rough and, and you
1: feel like, I need to give up, there's going to be something to say, nope, this ain't the day for that. Take another step forward. Defeat another devil. You've been called for this moment. This is your moment.
0: Paul he was living proof of what it means to fight the good fight of faith. He was stoned at Lystra, but continued to witness. He was shipwrecked, but he continued serving God. He was whipped and beaten, uh, beat and humiliated by whipping five times, but he kept the faith. Paul's faith was tried and tested, but nothing could hold him back. He testified none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself so that I may f- might finish my course with joy and the ministry I've received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. He was unmoved in his belief that he declared, none of these things move me. Amen. But I kept the faith. The good fight is good because in this fight, God is glorified. The good fight is good because it ultimately leads to eternal life. To fight the good fight means you will move and continue to fight with everything that's in you, no matter what the situation. Another word was to guard that sacred trust. This word to guard that sacred trust that's been given to you, to avoid pretentious arguments. To continue in prayer. This was the fight. In other words, to fight the good fight of faith. Means to maintain, means maintaining a godly character even in forbidden and hostile circumstances. It means to reject error and to pursue righteousness and godliness and faith and love and perseverance and gentleness. Fighting the good fight means to find joy and contentment in whatever God place God has given you rather than greed and money and riches. It it is the life. It is to live your life above reproach and to bear a good report before believers and non-believers. It is to guard the sacred trust and avoid pretentious arguments that seek to unsettle your faith in Christ Jesus. It means to fight and keep on fighting and never quit. As we said, we could talk about the little woman who gathered that last meal she had to fight. You're talking about mind battles. Her little child's over there dying. And all of a sudden, Brother Branham would describe it. He said, a little man with a, a skin, lamb skin or something, laid over him, come walking up to the gate and said, hey, get me a drink and make me some bread. She had to fight. That wasn't the easiest thing. To look at your kid and look at this man, look at your kid and look at but something on the inside of her, realized something else is going on here. Right. Something else is moving. Something else, he said, he brother said how horrible it was watching her little child die inch by inch. She'd prayed, She'd she had waited. Said, I can see her, take her nap, wake up, look at that little thin body as it's getting thinner. See those great ditches in his face from hunger, she could hardly stagger around herself. Just about a bucket of water and one handful of meal and a spoonful of oil stood between her and death. He said, Isn't that strange how God lets his children get right down to the last moment? Sometimes he permits to see permits that to see what your reaction will be. Will you continue to fight? Amen. He said, "If we cannot stand the chastisement of God, then we're illegitimate and not the children of God. We're born, but we're born of the Spirit of God, and our faith in God holds on to His Word no matter what." Amen. She goes to the kitchen. She scrapes down to the bottom of the barrel. She gets a handful of meal. Said he'll wake up in a few minutes. I got to cook this so he can have his last little breakfast. She went out, and there. Begin to grab that meal. Said, I'm going to make the last bit. The prophet had come towards the city with a vision. And he was trying to find a yard that had a woman in it. (laughs) Mercy, Jesus. I wonder if God's coming tonight to see if he still finds faith. Is there somebody that's still believing? Is there somebody that's still holding on in an impossible situation? Is there somebody that hadn't given up yet? He said, he come as he's walking down the streets, for he's walking now down the street, the vision had showed him, and at the same time she's coming out of her house, she picks up these sticks, and she was going to build a little fire and put this little meal and oil on it to make a little piece of bread and she heard a voice and she turned and she hears, and she sees this old bald headed man leaning over a gate with a piece of sheepskin wrapped around him said would you fetch me just a drink of water he said what's that God fearing person always willing to divide what they have she looked at him he was just a little different than lots of men there was something about a Christian that's different He said, I can imagine her saying, voice just sounds something different to me. She nodded her head in politeness that she'd get him some water and divide it with him. And as she started to go, she heard the voice again and said, in your hand, fetch me a little morsel of bread. And no doubt tears began to come in her eyes. She said, this is why I was out in the yard with these two sticks. I got one little handful of meal, one little spoonful of oil. I mixed it together and dressed it. I got these two sticks to make a fire. We was going to eat and die. He said, but first make me a cake. Brother Brown said, see, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness and all things will be added unto you. Put God first. Put his word first, and you're going to have to fight to do that. In this age that we're living in, you're going to have to fight to put God's word first. Bring me some little cakes. She said she would. She turned and started the house. And as she turned to go to the house, she heard that voice speak again and said, Thus saith the Lord, The barrel will not be empty, neither the crews run dry, until the day of the Lord God sends water upon the earth again. She was willing, but she had to fight. And she put God first, and God did something for her. He'd say it like this. He said many times, disappointments and trouble strikes our home. He said it's a blessing in disguise. Amen. Sometimes it's hard to see how is this a blessing. How, why would he say that? Because Paul said all things work together right. for the good to them that are the called according to the word of God. So it has to be a blessing Amen. or it can't be good. Come on now. I know we're slowing down a minute. He said, but many times trouble strikes our home and we wonder how is this a blessing? Some people might say, well, you're sick just because you're not right with God. That don't mean that. Job was right with God and he was sick. But many times it's God testing you, putting you to a test to see what you'll do. Maybe let the doctor say that was for a purpose and see what you'll do. We're nearing the coming of the Lord. God is coming for a church. He never asked in question, Will I have a church? Will I have righteousness? But He asked, Will I find faith? Will I find faith when I come?
1: God is putting you to test to try your faith. And all our trouble and death at the door turn with one. Thus saith the Lord.
0: She had many hindrances, but she fought. Brother Brandon, will talk about the Seraphonician woman, and we're not going to go into all of that tonight, but how that she had to fight to get to him. And then when she got to him, he turned around and said, I'm not even sent to your race. That'd have been a good opportunity to say, okay, I'm sorry, and go home. But not this woman. There was some fight in her. She would cry out, and he said, I, I, it's not rightful to give the bread, amen, to the dogs. That would have been another good opportunity to turn around and go home. But there, not this woman. There was some fight in her. Oh, the preacher hurt my feelings. I'm going to go home and pout and tell everybody how terrible it was. Not this woman. There was some fight in her. But even the dogs get the crumbs. Brother Brown said, I'm a crumb seeker. He said, I want everything that God would have for me. If it's just a little crumb, I want it. And I'm going to fight to get it. Whatever it is on a Wednesday night or a Sunday or during the week, when God is there and he just puts out a little crumb, you got to fight, but it'll be worth it all. It'll give you strength for the journey. It'll give you life inside of you to take another step, to push a little harder, to say, I'm not stopping. I'm not sitting down. I'm not walling around in my wowsy-wowsy woos, but I've been called for this moment,
1: and I'm going to stand, and when I've done all I can do, I'm going to stand, there for.
0: and I'm going to fight. Think of it like this, there's many services Sister Karen led a bunch of charges run around this church, inspire a lot of people here and on the internet to see her and her place and her condition and things she was going through, to fight through it. I told her at the the end, mama, I didn't know you was such a warrior. She was a warrior. I want to be that kind of warrior. That'll fight through impossible odds. That'll fight through hormones and fight through, amen, brain bleeds, six of them. Fight. Fight. She fought the good fight of faith. Now she's in that cloud of witnesses. understand just sometimes some years ago at a skit at our youth camp, she stood in that banister given the charge to fight. We didn't know that that was going to come to fruition, but she's there tonight. And if we could hear her voice, she'd say, Even the Light, don't you give up. Yes, sir. Don't you stop. Right. Don't you stop worshiping God. Right. Don't you let those critics and things that tell you that it ain't right, and that's a bunch of holy, roller stuff, and that's a bunch of fanaticism. Don't you stop, because right. there is a land that is far beyond your imagination. <laughs> it's worth fighting for. It's worth going for. It's worth laying aside everything that you're going through
1: and say, I must fight. If I must raise, increase my courage, Lord. How many would say, Lord, give me something within me that no matter what I go through, what challenges I face, I am going to fight with everything I got to. You don't know. You don't know when that last is going to be here. You don't know when that last curve's coming. You don't know when that last devil's going to be in front of you, and you take his head off, and right behind him is the eternal gates of heaven. And It will be worth it all. Every cheer, every fight, every struggle, every time you laid in your bed and you cried, why, God, it'll be worth it all.
0: You got to have some perseverance about you. I'm just going to tell you, you better buckle up. Pull up that, that buckle on, on you. Brother brother Josh the other day would say on a minister's uh, uh, chat there, he said, it's time to take the sword out of the sheath and never put it back. Yes. We'll lay our armor down one day, but today ain't the day. But right. well, one day we'll lay it over on the sides of glory and lay our shields and our swords down, never to fight again. Yes, but until that day, I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight discouragement. I'm going to fight mind battles. I'm going to fight spirits of every kind of hell that would come against the bride of Jesus Christ, intellectual demons that wants to rise up and say it can't be that our children can have an experience with the Holy Ghost. I'm going to fight against that. I'm going to fight against formalism. I'm going to fight against Sauls. stand against them and say it ain't so. It wasn't so from the beginning. It's worth going to. I'm so thankful to have this experience to tell me that this land is real. Brother Brandon would say it like this as we bring this down to a close. He said he had an experience, he said, it's changed me. He said, I can't be the same, Brother Branham, that I was. He said he'd woke up from a dream and kind of kicked his head back on the headboard and put his hands behind his head, thinking about his life. You know, here I am, 50 years old, and hadn't done nothing for the Lord. (laughs) Where's that put us? He said, All of a sudden, he heard something, kept, kept saying, You're just starting. Press the battle. Keep pressing the battle. He said, I shook my head a minute. And I thought, Well, probably just thinking this, you know, a person can get some imaginations. I probably just imagined, they, they imagined that. And here it come again press the battle. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. I said, Man, maybe, maybe I said that. He said, So he put his lips between his teeth and his hand over his mouth, and there it came again. Just keep pressing on, if you only knew what was at the end of the road. It seemed like I could hear Graham Snellings or somebody that sang the song like this, they sang it here, all all of you know I'm homesick and blue, and I want to see Jesus. I would like to hear those sweet harbor bells chime. It would brighten my path and would vanish all fears. Lord, let me look past the curtain of time. He said, You've heard it saying here at church. Heard somebody say, Would you like to see just beyond the curtain? I said, It would help me so much. And I looked in just a moment, one breath. I came into a little place that was slanted. And I looked back, and there I was laying on the bed. And I said, Wow, this is strange. He said, This is before my church, and my sheep that I'm pastoring. Whether I was in this body or out, whether it was a translation, it wasn't like any vision I ever had. I hit that little place, seen so many people come running and screaming, oh, our precious brother. And I looked, and young women, maybe in their early 20s, they were throwing their arms around me screaming, our precious brother. Oh, mercy. Here come young men in the brilliance of young manhood, and their eyes glistening, looking like stars on the darkened night. And their teeth as white as pearl. And they were screaming and grabbing me and screaming, Oh, our precious brother. And I stopped and I looked and I was young. And I looked back at my whole body laying there with my hands behind my head. I said, I don't understand this. He said, "When young women were throwing their arms around me. He said, I realize is a mixed audience. And he said, I say this with sweetness and mellowness of spirit. Man, cannot put your arm around a woman without a human sensation? But it wasn't there. There was no yesterday. There was no tomorrow. They didn't get tired. I've never seen such pretty women in all my life. They had hair down to their waistline, waistline, long skirts to their feet. They were just hugging me. and I wasn't hugged like even my own sister seeing there would hug me. They were not kissing me. I wouldn't, was not kissing them. It was something. He said, I, I, I don't even have the vocabulary. I, I haven't got enough words I can say it. Perfection wouldn't touch it. Superb wouldn't describe it. You just have to be there. Hello? You just have to be there. I looked this way and that way, and they were coming by the thousands. And here come Hope, my first wife. She run over. She never said my husband. She said my precious brother. When she hugged me, there was another woman standing there to hug me, and Hope hugged this woman, and each one, this is something different. I thought it, it can't be. It's something. Oh, and I thought, my, I don't ever want to go back to that old carcass again. Here's a man 50 years old. He's not laying there with a brain bleed. He's not laying there in a decrepit situation. He's still got years on his life. Could live for years. But he said, I don't want to go back to that old carcass. I looked around and I thought, what is this? I looked real good. I said, I can't understand it. Hope seemed to be like a guest of honor or something. But Not really different, but like a guest of honor. In other words, she stood out. Something was different. Said, I heard a voice then that spoke to me that was in the room and said, this is what you preached. was the Holy Ghost. This is perfect love and nothing can enter without it. And I am more determined than ever in my life that it takes perfect love to enter there. There's no jealousy. There's no tiredness. There's no death. Sickness can never get there. Mortality can never make you old. You'll never cry. It's just one joy. Oh, my precious brother, they took me up and set me on a great big high place, and I thought I'm not dreaming. I'm looking back at my body laying on the bed. I said I shouldn't sit up here, and one. Here come women and men from Cyrus just in the bloom of youth screaming, Oh, my precious brother, we're so happy to see you here. I said, I don't understand this. And the voice said, You know, it's written in the Bible that the prophets are gathered with their people. I said, I remember that. Why, this is when you will be gathered with your people. I said, Then they'll be real, and I can feel them. Oh, yes. There's millions. There's not that many Branhams. He said, They're not Branhams. They're your converts. That's the one you led to the Lord. I said, some of them women, and that boy said, some of them women there you think are so beautiful were better than 90 years old when you led them to the Lord. No wonder they're screaming, oh, my precious brother. They screamed all at once. If you hadn't went, we wouldn't be here. And I looked around and I thought, well, I don't get it. Where's Jesus? I want to see Jesus. He said, he's a little higher, right up the way. Someday he'll come. But you're sent to be a leader, and God will come, when he does, he'll judge you according to what you taught. First, whether they go in or not, we'll all go in according to your teaching. I said, oh, I'm so glad that Paul had to stand like this. Does Peter have to stand like this? He said, yes. Then I preached every word that they preached. I never divvied from it one side or the other. Were they baptized in the name of Jesus Christ? I baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Where they taught the baptism of the Holy Ghost? I did too. Whatever they taught, I did too. Them people scream back. We know that. And we are resting on that. Amen. We know we're going to have with you someday back to earth. Jesus will come and you'll be judged according to the word that you preached to us. Then, if you're accepted, which you will be, oh, hallelujah, then you will present us to him as your trophies of your ministry. And you will guide us to him all together as we gather. We go back to earth to live forever. I said, do I have to return back now? You hear his voice. Do I have to return back to a healthy body? Yeah. Do I have to return back now? To a wife laying beside him. To children in the bed. Do I have to return back now? Yes, but keep pressing on. Amen. I looked and I could see people coming as far, still as wanting to hug me, screaming, our precious brother, Then the voice said, all that you've loved and ever loved will be God will give it to you. He's seen his horse and he's seen his little dog. I felt myself move from that little beautiful place and looked around and said, are you awake, honey? She was still asleep. And I thought, oh, God, help me. Never let me compromise with one word. Let me stay straight right on that word and preach it. I don't care what comes or goes, how many Saul's rise, how many sons of Kish rise, how many this or that or another. Lord, let me press with all my heart into that place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've never got to experience that, but that there's good enough for me, and if he had that desire visiting there, I have that same desire. God let me press with everything I got into that place. Do you have that same desire tonight? I wonder how many would say, Lord, I want to fight the good fight of faith. I want to pick up my sword again. I want to fight a little harder. I want to go a little harder. I want to give more of my energies to you. I want to give more of myself in service unto you. that that be your desire tonight, can you stand to your feet and say, Lord, that's me? I want to fight a little harder. I want to go a little harder, Father, with all my heart. With all my heart. With all my heart. I don't want to hold back none, Lord. I want to go with all that's in me. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. He said, all fear of death is now gone. He said, I say this with my Bible before me. I got a little boy about four years old to be raised, nine-year-old girl, teenager I'm thankful for that's turned the way of the Lord. God let me live to bring them up in the admonition of God. Above that, the whole world seems to scream to me, 90-year-old women and men of all kinds. If you hadn't have went, we wouldn't have been there. He said, oh, God, let me press the battle. Let me press the battle. He said, but when it comes to dying, I am no more afraid. It would be a joy, it would be a pleasure to enter from this corruption and disgrace into that incorruption. If, you, if I could make up under 100 billion miles high a square block, that's perfect love. Each step this way it narrows until we get down to where we are now. That's what would be just merely a shadow of corruption. That's a little something we can sense and feel. If he said, oh, my precious friends, my begotten children of God, listen to me. He said, I wish there was some way I could explain it. I wish I could find the words. It's not found anyway, but just beyond this last breath is the most glorious thing you've ever experienced it. He said, there's no way to explain it. There's no way to comprehend it until you've been there. Let's fight the good fight of faith. Let's press the battle. That's what the grandstands are screaming. Press it. Press it. Press it. Press it. Press it. For without us, they are not made perfect. Press the battle, press the battle. Go with all your heart. Put everything into every service with your whole heart. Let's bow our heads. Paul would end it in Timothy like this. He said, I'm now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. But I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Do you love his appearing? Is that what you're in love with? Maybe you just want to talk to him for a moment. Say, Lord, I must fight if I must reign. Increase my courage, Lord. Increase my courage, Lord. Wonder how many young people say, I'm going to fight to get something from God. I'm not coming back empty handed. I'm not coming back the same way that I leave. I'm going to come back with more of Jesus than ever before. Yes, Lord. I wonder how many of your mom and dads are pledged tonight. You'll fight for these children that's going. You'll be on your knees fighting, saying, God, let the atmosphere of the Holy Ghost fall in that place that'll change lives forever. Gives great courage to these young people to know there's real soldiers behind them. You give of your money. Their bus has been paid, their way has been paid by your, your gratitude and your giving unto the Lord. But now fight. Fight. Pray. Ask God to move. Ask God to anoint. I ask you to pray for me and Brother Andrew. I feel like this is one of the most important things I'm doing all year. Young people, the new generation needing their own drink, needing their own experience, needing their own piece of bread, the bread of life. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Why don't we just bind together soldier to soldier? pray for these Each one the hands were lifted all over this place pray for that soldier next to you might be your wife might be your husband fellow brother fellow sister that god encourage our hearts lord might be your mother might be your son encourage our hearts lord fight hallelujah oh jesus Lord, many times it'd be easy just to, seemingly easier just to sit down and give in and walk away, but Lord, we know that ain't true. We'd have to fight. The devil would still be fighting in every kind of way. But Lord, that's not our calling. That's not who we are. We've been called to the battlefield. We've been called to, as soldiers of the living God, I ask, Father, that you would move in a special way, Father, for these youth, Lord, and, and the others, even the older ones left behind, the presence of God of fall, Lord, and God will fight for the atmosphere of the Holy Ghost. Lord, because we know we're not fighting along. We're, there's angels that are surrounding us. There's angels that are fighting with us. Oh God, we know, Lord, that it's not just our battle, but about the battle is the Lord's. But there's something we got to do. We got to put our faith in the action. We got to put our hearts in the action. We got to do everything we got to do to reach that land. Lord, I don't want to leave a hope behind. I don't want one of these young people left behind. I don't want to leave a heart behind, Lord. Father, we're not going to leave a hook behind. We're not going to leave a foot behind. We're not going to leave a child behind. We're not going to leave a grandchild behind, but we're going to take our inheritance. We're going to take our God-given rights God has given to us, and we're going to take them with us into that promised land. We're going to fight through every devil in hell. Lord, we got a whole host we got a whole host tonight, a cloud of witnesses, a cloud of warriors that are screaming greater than ever. Press on! Little bride, don't stop. Press on! If you only know what awaits you on the other side. The joys of eternal life. Bless each heart, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. It will be worth it. In
2: you, When we see Jesus, life's trials will seem so small. When we see Christ, oh, what a promise that is!
3: Mission tonight, and reminded we got to press the battle. Amen. We're not in on a picnic. We are here in the battlefield. We got to press with everything that we have and are within us. Amen. The goal is worth achieving. What is the goal, brother Tim? One glimpse of his dear face. That's what's going to erase all this sorrow. ALL THE TROUBLE ALONG THE ROAD. AMEN, JUST ONE GLIMPSE OF HIS FACE. ALL SORROW will ERASE. AMEN, WHAT A WONDERFUL DAY THAT WILL BE. and WE'RE LOOKING FOR THAT TIME. AMEN. WE GOT THE, the BUSES ALREADY HERE. And I WANT US JUST TO HAVE ALL THE YOUNG PEOPLE TO COME DOWN HERE AT THE FRONT THAT ARE GOING ON THE BUS. I WANT TO JUST, UM, give you a word of admonition, and then we're going to have prayer together. Amen. So if you will, all the, all the young people, those that are going on the bus, I want you, to, want you to step forward right now. Now, the home folks, you'll understand, we'll be closing the mezzanine on Sunday because all of these are gone. I need you to fill up all of the, all the seats here in the auditorium. So, you know, we. I, I just want to say to you, we got a lot invested in you Amen. you're the pride and the joy of my heart i love each one of you you're so precious to me and your bus your bus trip has been paid and your camp fee has been paid and the generosity of saints different ones even people that don't go to church here have sent me offerings to help you to go to camp and to pay your way and to provide for you, and um, we already have, I think, I think some of the sisters, uh, I understand, have already left to go up there to help with the food preparations and kitchen duty and different things. Brother Matthew and Sister Elizabeth Pruitt are, they are our chaperones that are going to be on the bus, and they've taken off work, and and. uh using vacation and whatever to go with you to be with you and spend this time together is because we love you so much and we want to see that you are blessed and that you that you get a a real experience with the lord and that you're encouraged in, in christ so it's real important to us and you know how as i said how much i love you and how much i appreciate each one of you and I, I i know i know i can trust you i got so much confidence in every one of you you know i can confidence that you won't pull pranks on the bus and you know aggravate brother matthew and sister elizabeth and make it difficult to where nobody wants to go next time if there is a next time I know I got confidence in you that you'll take care of the bus and, and you'll treat it like it's better than you would your family car and not trash it up and leave it in good condition. And I know you'll do that. I know you'll that you'll show respect to and and to, to those that are um, the counselors that are on the bus trip with you and to the bus driver. I, I have all that confidence in you. Amen, and i know that you'll do that and i want to say in advance i so appreciate you and and your, your stand for the lord and your desire to serve him and you're just model christians young people as we've already told the people that are that we've got the bus from um well our group of young people are different from anything you've ever seen so they have, they have worried about, oh, a bunch of young people going and what'll happen to the bus and will it be trashed and will this happen and that. And we just told them already, we got a different group than what you're used to. In fact, the matter is, I know you'll be a blessing even to the drivers and that they will also have a hunger in their heart to come to know the Lord because of your Christian attitude. So let's talk to the lord tonight father we're your children we've gathered in your name and as we come to the dismissal of this service and the dismissal of these young people will be going on the bus i pray that you'll go with them lord as they go down the miles and lord the excitement of the trip and things that they will enjoy and then getting there to the meetings and i know you got things prepared for them so I ask, Lord, that you would anoint every message, that it would hit the target, that it would answer the questions that would be in their lives, and that they would enjoy themselves in the presence of God. And, Lord, that there be a testimony come out of, Lord, of, uh, of even Ohio, of what a wonderful group of young people, even the Light Tabernacle, has. We know what they are, and we've seen their lives and their testimonies. But let this light shine, I pray in the name of Jesus. Give them protection upon the highways, Lord. There's sickness in the land. Keep them from it. I want to thank you, Lord, for all your goodness to us and your grace as we commit them in your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. I know the Lord will keep you. I know he'll be with you. And my love and prayers are with each one of you. I'll be praying for you be praying for a special anointing upon the meetings and we'll expect God to meet in a great way. Brother Timothy preached such a wonderful sermon tonight on on fighting the good fight of faith so let's let's sing the song I am determined to hold out to the end. As you're dismissed tonight and as you go to the bus and give your last greetings to your families before you leave God bless you as you go and God go with you. Well, give me a first verse. When I first found Jesus, something over me stole. Like lightning, it went through me, and glory filled my soul.
2: Salvation made me happy, and took my feet.